we spent a lot of time talking about decriminalization. Now, another province's uh, pilot project that was announced a couple of months ago in January, a little more than a couple of months ago, actually, uh, in, ja- uh, in January of 2023. From January of 2023 to January of 2026, police will not make an arrest nor seize the drugs of adults in BC if they possess up to two and a half grams of uh, certain illegal drugs for personal use. So that could be heroin, morphine, fentanyl, crack, Uh, powder cocaine, methamphetamine, and ecstasy. Now, across the province, many municipalities have been concerned about how this will impact their city and towns. Now, if you think about your poor city councillor, city councillors across BC, well, they're kind of stuck, if you think about it. Public health officials would would warn them that any drug use ban will increase stigma and, 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 and may harm drug users, while at the same time, taxpayers will tell them, look, we want to increase public order and safety for the wider community as well. Well, up this upcoming Monday, Maple Ridge City Councilor Ahmed Youssef um, uh, will be presenting a motion before Maple Ridge City Council. He joined us the other day to talk about that motion. He is proposing a new bylaw to ban open drug use in city parks and places where people gather. Now take a listen to his comments from a couple of days ago. I believe this is needed in Maple Ridge, and specifically the way I worded it was to address open drug use in city parks and outdoor gathering spaces because this is, these are the spaces that our children and youth are frequenting the most. And as we know, children and youth tend to model behaviors that they see. Normalizing this behavior and exposing them to hypodermic needles and glass pipes does not bode well for our futures as guardians and stewards of future generations mm-hmm. for their safety and ours. I believe it's pertinent that we do our part and as a municipal government, we only have control over our city parks and some of our outdoor gathering spaces where we can enact a bylaw to prohibit this kind of behavior. That is Maple Ridge Councillor Ahmed Youssef, who will be introducing his motion uh, on Monday. Now, he's not the only one uh, who has been concerned about um, open use of hard drugs in public places. Yesterday in Kamloops, a similar motion passed that was introduced by Katie Newstater. She is a Kamloops City Councillor, and she joins us now. Katie, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jez. Thanks for the opportunity to speak. So what uh, convinced you something like this was needed in Kamloops? What did you see? What did you hear? Well, we've seen and heard this mounting concern from our overall community over the past number of years. But decriminalization in particular was a really good catalyst for this conversation and for municipal governments to find our way into creating solutions and joining the partnership table that says this is what we need. The importance of creating safety and safe solutions for those who use drugs, but also for those who don't and addressing the concerns that we hear and see in our community that continue to mount. So what specifically uh, did your motion, uh, what, did, what did it say? We uh, First, I brought a really broad motion that said no use of illicit drugs in public spaces. And again, the, the goal of that was to generate a provincial conversation, was to encourage other municipal governments to come to the table, pass similar bylaws, and spur this conversation forward. But even more than that, the ultimate goal is to build up the four pillars that make harm reduction successful. So next steps in enforcement, treatment and prevention that will begin to move the dial on this crisis that we're seeing right now and ensuring that we're not doing it the 
deficit at the expense of any one part of the population. This has to be a solution that works for everyone. There has been in the past talk about, well, you, you know, the government, and that's provincial government and federal government with this pilot project that lasts three years. And as I said, started in, in January, uh, January 31st, 2023 till January 31st, 2026, that they didn't put in the proper guardrails before they brought in this pilot project. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Guardrails is the exact term that I started using when I I first began this conversation here in Kamloops. And so I absolutely agree. Um, I attended a workshop that was put on jointly between the Ministry and Interior Health right around the time that decriminalization came into play. And there was presentation of information. There was a lot of selling points. But none of the questions that were asked, really thoughtful, practical, common sense questions that were asked, were answered in any significant way that caused any kind of assurance or demonstrated that there there was any successful boundaries being put around this to make sure that unintended impacts didn't happen. Um, and then I started digging into it a little bit more deeply to understand how decriminalization was going to be successful. And I have yet to come up with a single thing that has been put in place as a guardrail. And where we see decriminalization being successful in other parts of the world, we do see that they limited where consumption of those substances could happen. We do see that treatment was put in place before. We do see that preventative measures as well as enforcement tactics were in place to make Make it successful. And so my primary concern is around that. How do we ensure that there aren't unintended impacts on our broader community, especially when we're already struggling? Are your constituents in Kamloops seeing people doing op- drugs in the open? I'm talking about hard drugs. Certainly. Certainly they are. Um, they were before decriminalization. And I think this just highlighted perhaps some of the reasons why this problem has continued to compound. But absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, that is a fairly normal occurrence that is happening right now. I certainly don't want, there shouldn't be a panic over this. It's not um, unavoidable, but it certainly is much more commonplace than it would have been in your childhood or mine. It is something that you encounter on a fairly regular basis. I was reading an article recently uh, on, you know, communities like yours. Uh, I think Sycamus uh, is either looking at mm-hmm. it or, have, or have introduced something like this, Campbell River, and I said, uh, as I said, Maple Ridge, uh, mm-hmm. Councillor Yusuf will be introducing this on, on Monday. Um, is this a growing issue uh, in other communities in the interior in the north as well? It it certainly is. If you ask any municipality across this province what they're experiencing, it may be to varying degrees. There may be different services available within those communities, but every community is experiencing these things to a degree that they've never seen before. And that's why it seems like a very common-sense solution to begin with this, where do we limit the impacts and how do we move people into safe places and ensure that the resources they need to use safely and then to be able to move into a continuum of treatment if that's what they're ready for, that that exists. It's the only way that we're going to begin curbing this problem. We cannot wait another six months. You know, we're losing almost seven British Columbians a day to this toxic drug crisis, to overdose. I am not willing to sit back and say how many more people will die in the next six months while we fail to put the guardrails in place? How many more businesses will be impacted? How many more children will witness this? The time for action is now. We are seven years into this crisis. We need a change. Do you think this pilot project was a mistake? 
Um, that's, first of all, ab- above my pay grade. <laughs> um, but also, no, I, I'm a proponent of harm reduction. I've been writing about, educating about, um, being a voice for the need for harm reduction for years, way prior to being elected. It's a critical part of saving lives, quite literally saving lives. But again, it is only successful if all four pillars are held up. And you cannot sit on a one-legged chair and wonder why you're falling over. Mm -hmm. We have to build up those other three pillars to ensure that we have a safe platform that can be successful for what it's meant for. Uh, Let's go to Kevin in Vancouver. Hi, Kevin. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I I agree with your guest. Uh, Definitely, it's a multi-pronged approach, and uh, it's refreshing to hear uh, her refer to it, you know, the, the four four legs in a chair. Um, I think the thing that people are missing is that uh, these chemicals, uh, whether it's alcohol um, or heroin, um, if you're in a bad place, if you have mental health issues, if you've had uh, a tough life, whatever it may be, um, you're going to seek these things out and you're going to abuse them. And so whether or not they're illegal, um, whether or not we, you know, let people do them uh, in safe injection sites, um, you have to have the mental health aspect. You have to have the support. Mm -hmm. And society, I think, needs to really prepare themselves for the massive investments that we need to do because Mm -hmm. this is only the beginning. Kevin, thank you for your call and and your thoughtful comments uh, as well. Katie, do you sometimes get, um, you know, we're all going to we're going to disagree on some of this stuff, whether it be decriminalization, mm-hmm. whether it be more money towards treatment. You sort of have that debate in, in Alberta to a certain degree as well. Uh, are you seeing um, any compassion fatigue from people where they just go, you know what, I've had enough. I think we just need to throw them in jail. We yeah. need to be tougher, more law and order, uh, all that, those types of things. Are, I mean, are you seeing some sort of compassion fatigue from the public as well? Yeah, certainly. And we've had people express that repeatedly. You know, we had a a resident in chambers a couple of weeks ago when I first brought forward the first iteration of this bylaw who spoke to exactly that, the desire to have compassion, but the exhaustion with it. And I think so much of that comes with only seeing it compound, not seeing solutions being presented and enacted uh, that are really leading to change. And that trajectory and the impacts of it are enormously discouraging. We hear that through the business community on a daily basis. And what we really need to do is be able to pull apart these issues so that we can sort them out. At the federal level, we need the end of catch and release. We need bail and reform to change so that crime can be treated as crime and vulnerable populations can be treated as vulnerable populations. Just like your caller just said very articulately there and very compassionately, we have to have trauma-informed measures so that this isn't just about short-term solutions, but this is about healing. And in the meantime, we have to have the treatment for people to begin funneling in and through. Uh, Let's go to Rob in Vancouver. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, Jess. Thanks for having me on. Um, I just, I think it's a wonderful idea. Um, I feel that uh, children have very good memories, and once they see somebody overdose in a park and go into convulsions and be ill, I think that'll break them of ever using drugs again in their life. Uh, I think that would cut it off right at the knees. You think people witnessing somebody going through an, an overdose is what you're saying? Well, I'm saying children have awfully good memories for traumatic things like that, and... Uh, if they see somebody using uh, illegal drugs and 
immediately becoming very, very ill and possibly needing intervention, uh, having even more needles put into them, that tends to put kids off uh, drugs and needles pretty damn quickly. All right, Rob, thank you for your call. Uh, Katie, how, what has the reaction been in your community in regards to uh, this motion that you introduced? I think it has been generally very well received, and people are just grateful to see these conversations happening, that they're happening still with compassion, um, with a well-rounded view. And, and it isn't just, let's take people and, you know, remove them from society so that they can't be seen, knowing that the ultimate goal is actually to build solutions that support everyone. Uh, we've heard great encouragement from our community. They're pleased to hear the ongoing dialogue and that hopefully counts can be part of the solution. And that goes for all municipalities across this province. And, you know, we landed with this bylaw that we've passed now. It was amended and it's 100 meters within any park, playground or sidewalk. And to your last caller's point, you know, we have had children witnessing overdoses in front of our library right here in downtown Kamloops. And that creates its own trauma, and kids can't process something like that. Mm-hmm. It is challenging enough for people who have been trained in the field um, to, to process that kind of witnessing, let alone children. And so we need to create different circumstances. Katie, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jess.